Can you believe this kid, BB-8? Yeah, he believes me. BB-8 knows the Resistance needs Kazuta Ziono. Please, Poe. I've got whatever that thing is. I mean, you said it yourself. And I grew up in the New Republic. It's my home. It's everything I know. I want the chance to fight for it. <laughs> okay, Kazuta Ziono. You want in, you're in. I've got a mission for you. Yes! All right. Do you have a toy store near you? I don't mean a Target or a Walmart. I mean a brick-and-mortar building that sells toys. Where toys are the most special things, and they're always center stage. Sure, comic books and other hobby items may adorn the shelves, but at its essence, toys and collectibles are the reason why people walk through that door on a daily basis. A toy store is more than a retail outlet. It's a place built around passions. Like record shops, comic caves, and card stores, conversations are part of the commerce. At any point in the day, you're likely to hear collectors expounding powerful arguments about the most recent Star Wars films, or whether or not Hasbro is delivering the characters collectors desire the most. Or maybe they're reminiscing about the old days, when you could buy a carded Luke Stormtrooper, or a 12-back Han Solo, or even a vintage proof card for under $300. Shop in a toy store enough times, and it begins to feel like home. It's a special feeling to walk into a store and to have the owner tell you they put a figure aside for you because they thought you might need it for your collection. And through the collectors in our community, more and more toy stores are popping up around the country. For many of us, owning our very own toy shop and being surrounded by the toys was a childhood dream. And some in our circle of friends have made it a reality. And as more places like Toys R Us and KB Toys become a distant memory, and the size of the toy aisles of the big box retail stores seem to shrink each year, these toy-centric locales become meccas for collectors, and are more important to our hobby than ever. This is a look into the life of someone who took a chance on a dream and opened a toy store a few months before the pandemic hit. This is a story of hope, of the hunt, and of helping a downtown community continue to blossom. This is a collector's conversation with the owner of Happy Pappy's action figure extravaganza in Canton, Ohio, Clifton Boggs. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. I started calling Clifton Boggs Cad Bane. It really had nothing to do with the character who made his debut as a villain in the Clone Wars series, but Clifton was a fellow Clone Wars prototype collector, and it was a way to acknowledge that common bond between us. Also, it was an alliterative decision. 
Clifton Boggs and Cad Bane share the same initials, CB. In fact, I think I have the moment on record in which I first coined the moniker. Okay, so I am here with, I'll call him Clifton Cad Bane Boggs. And uh, Clifton, where are you from? I'm from Canton, Ohio. Fantastic. Okay, so not too far from here then. Not at all. So we're here. We're actually standing outside of the Drury Hotel. Uh, the weather, it isn't as cold as, as it's been, right? It, it actually, it was colder earlier, but right now it's not that cold. Yeah. We were at the Cincinnati Toy Show in October of 2018, and had just left the room sales event at the Drury Inn Hotel in Sharonville, Ohio. Clifton had brought a few bins of toys to sell at the room sales, and I was helping him bring what didn't sell back out to his car. As we stood in the parking lot, away from the bustle occurring in the hotel lobby as the event wound down, Clifton and I reflected on the night for a podcast episode about that weekend. I had met Clifton the year before, in the fall of 2017, at the Columbus Toy Show. He had a vendor table and was one of the people I connected with on my first visit to the state. And over the years, I've had the opportunity to spend time with him at conventions like Star Wars Celebration and Nashville's ICCC, and we've hung out at every Ohio toy show since. Behind a reserved demeanor, Clifton carries with him an infectious passion for collecting. He is someone who puts the time into locating the items he desires for his collection, and he makes incredibly wise decisions about what pieces to add to it. We're all pretty fortunate in this hobby to have met some really incredible people. And Clifton is as top-tier as they come. He is exceptionally thoughtful of others, and he has a heart for those around him. He is fearless when it comes to setting a lofty goal, and will put the time and the work into making it happen. About a year ago, in between the two annual Columbus toy shows, Clifton revealed to me he was going to open a toy store of his own. It was an immense project that has had its share of hardships and setbacks, but he did it. And in the first month of this year, Happy Pappy's action figure extravaganza opened its doors to the public, adding yet another wonderful reason to visit the home state of former Star Wars toy company Kenner Products. And at a time in which the world seems upside down, stories of hope are what keep us positive. And Clifton's story is one that I had to share with you. And while I'm visiting the lovely planet of Takodana this week, Clifton was kind enough to fly here from Canton and to meet me at Maz Kanata's castle for a conversation and a quick meal. I'm going to go in and find him, and in the meantime, here's a little flashback of the two of us hanging out at a room sales during the 2019 ICCC weekend. Clifton had just purchased a special piece for a great price. So we're here at the room sales. Uh, the way that they did it this year is a little different. They split it up into two rooms. Uh, they're smaller rooms, but they have tables set up for us, which is great, so we don't have to be on the floor. Um, it's, uh, it's fun and noisy in here, but not too crazy. Uh, I'm actually standing here with one of my good buddies, as always, Clifton Cad Bane Boggs. Uh, you just purchased something that I would say is one of my favorite uh, purchases of, of the, the night, so if you can explain what it is, my friend. Well, tonight I was walking all around the room and I saw many hard copies and prototypes but one of my favorite ones that I found was the uh, 97 uh, Power of the Force 2 Bosk with uh, accessory and it was also graded at an AFA 85 so it's a first shot too it it is a first shot with first shot accessories with first shot accessories it's beautiful yeah congrats on that it's really awesome so tonight I'm going to take him home 
And I'm going to probably stare at it until I go to bed. And can you give me a rundown of the colors? Uh, the colors, the head color is a, a nice green. His chest is uh, an off-white. And then we got like a, a burnt sienna on his uh, crotch area. Then uh, his... Uh, his limbs are another brown and the accessory is like an ochre it's, it's, it's nice like, it's a, like a, we'll say a maze if you had a box of crayons oh yes for sure yeah, yeah. beautiful congratulations my friend thank you very much So, Mr. Cad Bain, nice to, nice to uh, to get together with you uh, and uh, and chat for a little while. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me, David. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were talking recently, and you you were telling me that you had some really good finds, uh, some good pickups lately. Uh, would you like to share those? Um, sure. Um, I added some things to my collection, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I got to add. Uh, Grievous and uh, let's see, Obi Wan and Anakin from the first release of Clone Wars, uh, their first shots. Mm-hmm. So they're prototypes. Yes, they are prototypes. Okay, are they are they in production colors or non-production colors? Uh, the Grievous is in production colors, uh, but the other two are not. Yeah, and for anyone who doesn't collect Clone Wars, that you and I were joking uh, a few nights ago that. We're really we seem to be two of the only people that actually collect Clone Wars prototypes. Um, but finding the Anakin and the Obi Wan and, and you know characters like the Grievous are uh, are, are pretty difficult, uh, pretty yes. tough to do. So, congrats yeah. on those. Thank you very much. I, I'm I'm very ecstatic to have them in my collection. I'm actually waiting on some uh, step stands from uh, Mr. Sanderson so I can start setting up my collection again. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, were there any others that you picked up recently? Oh, where do I start, David? <laughs> That's what we like to hear, my friend. Um, the the past, I would say, month and a half, it's been a really good... Uh, uh, I've, I've had so many good finds to add to my collection in the uh, modern uh, prototype world, I guess. Uh, let's see. What did I add? I, I added four or five, um, proof cards and, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I have to go look. I know I've told you a bunch, but I don't Yeah, I, I think you're missing, um, one, one little diminutive, uh, friend of ours. That's really important. We, I haven't received that one yet. Okay. But, uh, but yes, I, I, I did get to add a, a white cloaked uh, Yoda, mm. which uh, I'm really excited about. I think I'll get it this Friday or Saturday. That's very cool. So you have a nice run of those early uh, Clone Wars figures, too. That's great. I do. I'm, I'm over halfway through the first eight. So I think I'm only missing the Super Battle Droid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to say Rex, and uh, maybe I'll have a Rex here soon. We'll see. 
Oh, okay. Wow. That'd be interesting. I, I, um, I, I doubt it, but I, I'm just hoping. Hey, look, you never know. Honestly, the right. way stuff shows up now, it, it may be over deal or no deal, or you know, you might get a, a message from a friend who, uh, who has a bunch, and it's the way to go, right? It, it definitely is the way to go. I, I can't <laughs> believe in this last two months I've added over 20 pieces in my collection. and That's incredible. You know, every, like every three or four months, you know, before that, I would just add one piece. So it's just, it's been amazing. I, I'm glad to see everything that's just coming into my inbox. Yeah, and over the past year, we've we've always, you know, discussed uh, our Clone Wars pickups and, and just, you know, the, the Clone Wars hobby in general. And we, we've said it's very hard to find pieces. Um, you know, I think if we were collecting in that area between, say, 20, 2011, 2015, uh there were a lot of them that were exchanging hands and it, it just seems like after about 2017 or 2018, they, they kind of disappeared, you know, they all kind of went into respective collections. And, um, so anytime we, we do, you know, get something, it's uh it's a pretty big deal. It It is a very big deal because like you said, I remember going on eBay or, or even, uh, uh, some of the Facebook groups and, and seeing them not all the time, but a lot more than what you see them now. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're great figures. Yes, they they are great figures. I just, I'll tell you what. One of the reasons why I collect the Clone Wars, it brought me back to the way I felt about the original trilogy, and I was not one for animated series at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, for some reason, all the good writing and characters. It just it brought something back, and it it gave me something other than vintage uh, Star Wars to collect. It's really nice to hear that because I think you and I share the same story. Uh, you know, where we were collecting vintage, um, and you know, as as you know, vintage can become very expensive. Um, yeah. And and there's also you know there's kind of a limited number of characters, and and if you've been doing it for you know years or or decades. Um, you you can collect all of them pretty quickly, especially loose. And you're right the um, the writing behind the Clone Wars series and the fact that it's the still the most immersive, uh, longest running, um, consecutive series. You know, at at now seven seven seasons, uh, over 120 episodes. Um, the writing was fantastic, and we really got to know the characters. You know, and you and I are are big Ahsoka fans, and it's yeah. very easy to attach ourselves to characters like Ahsoka, like Rex, uh, even the villains. You know, uh, Count Dooku and and um, Ventress, and even someone like Savage Opress or Darth Maul. You know, where they right. have these, they're not just kind of those villains that sit on a throne and bark orders, but they're they're deep, uh, resonant characters. Yes, uh, for sure. Also. Uh, Pre Vizsla, he he was a great character as well, and uh, there was there were so many just good. I, I think what I enjoyed too is we got so many more creatures out of it as well. Yeah, because if you look at the Clone Wars line, um, most of those figures had never been released before. Uh, right, you know, a character like El Les or um, uh, Gon Noct, um, Worm Loathsome, you know, another yeah. one is an yes. early one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and they were really, they're beautifully designed. The colors are great. Uh, the accessories are awesome. 
Um, you know, when you put a, a stack of them together, whether they're prototypes or production pieces, they just look fantastic. Yeah, I, I really, I don't know. I, I guess it's because of the really thin legs. It, it just looks like the animated series, you know, the, the computer CGI. I think that's what I like about it. Um, at first, when I started collecting them, I really wish they were five-point POA because obviously I was stuck in the five-point POA Mm-hmm. You know, genre, and I still am. I love that that line, but uh, I, I really, I don't know. There's just something about the way they uh, shaped all of those figures, and, and uh, you know, there's you know very harsh, uh, jagged edges and stuff, and also smooth. I don't. They're just really nice pieces. Yeah, and what you were saying about five POA. So, um, for anyone who doesn't know. Five POA means uh, stands for five points of articulation, and that's essentially what the the vintage Kenner figures were—the three and three quarter inch ones that we grew up with, the Star Wars ones, where um, the arms would move, the legs would move. So that's four points of articulation, and then the head would turn. So that's the fifth. Um, and the ones that that we're collecting now, these Clone Wars ones, uh, they bend at the wrist, at the elbows, at the shoulders. Uh, sometimes at, at the waist or even like their chest will move their head, you know, their heads will move. So they have multiple points of articulation. Um, and if you've ever received a, a purchased a hard copy, um, there are so many pieces to it. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think that, I think you and I, when we first met, I think we connected pretty quickly, uh, over our love of, of star Wars in general, but also of things like, uh, you know, the, the vintage Kenner stuff as well as some of the modern stuff too. Yes. Um, yes, for sure. Do you remember when we met? Uh, yes, it was at, uh, the Columbus toy show. Yeah. Uh, I think it was 2017. It and, was uh, 2017. And were you there in the morning before it opened? I was, I was there okay. Saturday. Uh, I had shown up with a friend. Uh, so I, I kind of shopped the show, and uh, and help my friend set up on Saturday, and then came back for for the, the show on Sunday too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember talking with you in the very beginning of the morning, and uh, we we talked a lot about Clone Wars. I don't even think we um, talked anything. About, uh, maybe we did talk about the prototypes because I think that was. I don't know. I think I had a few at that time. And I still didn't really know a ton about prototypes at that time. Yeah. I was still I, learning. I think our, our conversation was more about vintage. Um, I think so. Yeah. And, and to give uh, our, our friend, Mr. James Ford, a plug, uh, it, for anyone who's looking to have a life-changing event, if you're a collector, please come out to either the Columbus Toy Show, which is held twice a year. It's in uh, Usually it's in March and for the, for the spring one, and then... Uh, the fall one is September, and then a month later is the Cincinnati Toy Show, which for collectors, it, it's become almost a, an annual mecca, you know, where yeah. um, people show up and, and uh, because it's in Kenner country, you know, all this amazing stuff pops up and then we have the room sales and uh, they're just, they're two totally different experiences. Uh, Cincinnati yeah. is a smaller show and Columbus is a larger one. Um, but most of the collectors tend to go to that smaller show because they're, you know, we get together at people's, uh, houses, you know, and see their collections. Uh, some people are, are, you know, hunting down collectors and, and meeting with them. Um, and then we have, you know, little meetups and get togethers, uh, around the room sales and the, the toy show. 
Yes. Uh, there's, I don't know. I don't know what my favorite is. I really love games <laughs> and shows, but those, uh, those room sales alone, just the things that you see. And like you said, um, you know, getting together with friends and, and going to their houses, uh, you know, that, that's always a great time. Yeah. And I, I know you and I, we recorded something for the Cincinnati episode that I did. Um, uh, I think I was helping you bring some stuff out after room sales that night. It was probably, gosh, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And you and I stood out in the parking lot of the hotel and then uh, we recorded something and just talked about what it was. But that room sales was incredible. It was. I, you know, I'm going to some celebration room sales. You see some great things. But I'll tell you what, when you're in, in Kenner Country, all the magic comes out. We saw so many good things that night in, what, 2018, was it? Or was oh, Yeah, that was 2018. Yeah, because I didn't get to make yeah. it in 2019. 2018, it seemed to be that there was less Star Wars stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, I mean, there was one large table, and it was just, it was all first shots, like stacked with first oh, shots, yeah. but it... You know, but but then they weren't Star Wars, but they were all different lines. Yes, uh, and I, was it the middle table that had all yes. the wax sculpts too? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because I that I think I was impressed more with those wax sculpts of uh, the Universal monsters than the rocker and fire rocket firing Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. And and the Bib Fortuna with the white cape and and, and the carded Belloc, yeah, and the yeah, because you said something. I said, yeah, I, I don't know, just something about those monsters. But yeah, so it was those all are, great. were they were they wax sculpts? Is that what they were? I think there were some wax sculpts, and then there was some first shot. Some I, but okay. it's probably hard so copies. Long. Yeah, yeah. So those were. Um, when Clifton's saying that the Universal Monsters, he's talking about um, the, uh, the the Remco uh, Universal Monster Collection from the 1980s, the ones that, you know, most of us just covet and love. You know, the Great Wolfman, Phantom of the Opera, Mummy, uh, Frankenstein, Dracula, and Creature from the Black Lagoon, I think. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, well, very cool. That also at that room sales, or almost... Halfway through it, someone came in with all of the uh, proof cards as well and set up on the back bar. Do you remember that? No, so that was 2017. Oh, was that 2017? Yeah, yeah, that was Bill oh, Wills okay. and Tracy Hamilton. God bless Bill Wills and Tracy Hamilton. Uh, they, yeah. they they popped in with some really nice um, unproduced and produced Power of the Force proof cards, and uh, that was that was the talk of the the night. That was a pretty big thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. They, I don't, I couldn't imagine going into their, uh, their, I would call it warehouse 13, you know, where they hide all this amazing stuff. (laughs) I guess as it comes in, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so how long have you been a collector? Like an actual, you know, not, not even collecting Star Wars, but just a collector in general. Uh, I've, I've been a collector all my life. Um, you know, from a young age, I, I collected anything and everything. And then, uh, you know, throughout the years, it would bounce from what I collected. You know, at times, yeah, you know, I sold all my childhood collection 
when I was in my twenties, so I could meet girls and drink beer. <laughs> sure. You know, pretty pretty much what a lot of people did. So I have very minimal things from my childhood. Um, only thing that I have in my collection from childhood, it's not even Star Wars related. I have a Ghostbuster firehouse that's complete, mm-hmm. and I have uh, um, Castle Grayskull complete. And those are the oh, only wow. two I have from my childhood. Hmm. So um, are they your favorite pieces in your collection? Um, everything's my favorite, you know, (laughs) it's so hard to say what my favorite is, you know, a hundred times a day, I could say that's my favorite, you know, I I don't even know if I could make a top 10, a top 10 of the day, maybe. Mm -hmm. So the, the reason why I asked you to come on too is, uh, for a conversation because you own a toy store called happy pappy's action figure extravaganza in Canton, Ohio. Uh, and, um, you know, I, right now, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of tough, I think for a lot of people right now going through the season of the pandemic and everything like that. And, and I, I wanted to highlight really special moments, um, and, and really special things that people are doing that are really special. And, you know, I think it's amazing that you've been able to kind of live that dream where part of your your job or, or your life is revolving now around, uh, you know, the buying and selling of, of toys, you know, as it has been before, but now you have your own store. And I think for, for a lot of us, uh, whether it's, um, whether it's an, an upfront dream or, or, you know, one that's in the back of our minds, like that, that's something that, you know, we look at as something really special and really cool. Um, because toys mean so much to us, you know, we're, we're connected to them through the nostalgia, through design, uh, through all these different elements. And, um, so I've wanted to kind of talk to you just to, to see what it, to see your, your journey from collector to the point in which you had your, your toy store. Um, so, so you've been collecting from, from an early age. Uh, you have, you have, you know, two items from your childhood. When did you kind of get back into it? Like after, after the girls and the beer and everything else, when did you come back to, to that world of collecting? So, um, still with the whole girls and beer thing, I still collected, you know, every once in a while, um, I would pick something up, but something vintage. And then what really sparked it. And I think with a lot of us, um, Power of the Force 2, when it hit, you know, it just sparked like, oh, there's Star Wars. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Star Wars. Yeah, I have some stuff. So that kind of got me back into buying some of that stuff. And then I start. that's when I started uh, buying back the vintage stuff. So that was back in 95, 96. Wait, so you, so you got into the Power of the Force 2 stuff, the, the modern Power of the Force 2 stuff, and then you started collecting almost immediately the, the vintage stuff again as well. It wasn't like getting into it. Uh, it was just great to see it back on the pegs because mm-hmm. I never stopped going to toy shops. Cause it, you know, if I had a chance, I'd go to a toy shop just to walk around, you know, mm. like KB toys or, or uh, toys R us or, or we, we've always had a vintage toy store, in this vicinity where I live. So I would drive the 25 minutes just to go there and see what he had. Okay. So it kind of sparked me back into buying, buying again. I did buy power of the force too, but I also started buying the, the vintage stuff. What was the first vintage piece that you bought 
after that that surge that that renaissance the first piece um i bought uh, which was always been one of my see i'm gonna say top favorites but uh it all changes every day <laughs> of but, course uh, the first piece that i bought uh was it was two i bought a carded uh stormtrooper and uh, I, I think I paid 25 bucks or so, which I thought was expensive at the time. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I and I bought a, uh, a a Luke Empire card and I think I paid less for the Luke than I did the Stormtrooper because the Stormtrooper was a 21 back. Oh, wow. Yeah, so twenty one backs were, were even valuable back then, right? I mean, twenty five dollars is not. Yeah, I, I guess you know. I don't think you know there were some people kind of collecting that way. I'm sure, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I don't know. I just remember also looking through all those great magazines like Toy Review and and uh, you know looking through there and seeing all the all the new toys coming out, all the old toys. Oh, this variant. I remember back in 98 or 99 of first finding out about the Red Bar R5. Wow. And I thought that was crazy because I still had some of that stuff. So, you know, I went to my mom's and dug it out. And obviously I didn't have it, but Mm -hmm. uh, um, I thought that was interesting. You know, that this figure at that time, I think it was maybe $50 or maybe even less. Did you have a uh, either like a grail piece or or a piece that you had set a goal that you were going to buy at some point? You know that was maybe a little out of reach at the time. Um, yeah, I always wanted to own uh, a yak face on the card, and uh, I, I never got to that uh, back then because I would always because I also uh, collected uh, vintage tattoo flash, and what tattoo mm-hmm. flash is is. It's the hand-drawn uh, paintings that go on the wall, and people used to go in and be like, oh, I want this heart with the dagger that says mom, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would buy, I bought that instead of the uh, the yak face. So that's what I was really going for back, back in, I would say, the early 2000s. Okay, and you were a tattooist, so when did you, when did you start getting into the tattoo world? Uh, I got into the tattoo world in, in 97. So I've been in it now for 23 years or 24, one of, mm-hmm. one of those. And when you say you got into it, were you were you into it at collecting or were you actually tattooing at that time? I was tattooing at that time. I started collecting. Uh, actually, I started collecting toys and tattoo, well, toys again and tattoo stuff. About uh, 95, 96, because mm-hmm. before I was actually tattooing, that's when I, I started collecting the tattoo stuff. Gotcha. And then when did you when did you shift from solely collecting to collecting and dealing as well? Because that, that's how you and I met. You know, you had a, yeah. uh, a booth at, at a Columbus um, Well, I've always uh, bought things to sell so I can get other things that I want, you Mm -hmm. know, and save up. Um, and, uh, I used to use eBay back then. Uh, I never set up at a show or a flea market. So I just go to flea market and find, you know, uh, 
G.I. Joe's or Star Wars or whatever stuff that I, you know, I'd take what I wanted for my collection and then I would sell the rest to buy whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. I would say, you know, I, I've done it since 98 on, but then I took a huge break and mainly focused on tattooing for 10 years because I traveled about, about, I would say 280 to 300 uh, days a year. Wow. Where would you travel? Uh, well, I've, I, mean, I, would, I would travel all over the United States and tattoo. I've tattooed in Mexico City. I've tattooed in Europe. You know, uh, I've tattooed in Canada. I, I would just go travel. I was just trying to put my... I was trying to just be, uh, you know, known throughout the, the world of, you know, of tattooing. How long did you do that for? I did that for four years. Wow. So then when you, when you came back and, and we're, were in Canton exclusively, uh, is that when you started to, to set up at flea markets and, and toy shows? Uh, when I, after I stopped traveling for the tattooing, um, then uh, I told myself I was going to hunker down and, you know, make my name more important to the, uh, um, the community around me. And, uh, then I focused on doing toy shows. Usually I, I, uh, started focusing doing toy shows and going to cons and stuff because I wanted my kids to be into something. So that's what we we started doing together. That makes sense. And then my kids always uh, said, I think it would be awesome to open a toy store. And, and I, you know, <laughs> I always yeah. wanted to. Just like we talked the other night, you know, who didn't want to open their own record store or work in a record store? And, uh, you know, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to open a toy store. I don't know when. And, you know, I don't know how, but whenever the cards line right, I'm going to make it happen. So when did you open your tattoo parlor then? I opened my tattoo parlor after I moved back to Canton from Scottsdale, Arizona in 2006. So 2006, I moved back. I knew I was opening a tattoo shop. I worked for a friend of mine while I was getting ready to open uh, Eulogy Tattoo, which I opened in 2008. So I've had mm -hmm. the tattoo shop since 2008. Okay, and has it been in the same location? Uh, it's. I'm going to move it again, and this will be the third location. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, the only uh, reason why I'm moving it... Um, I found this that this amazing building where the toy shop is right now, which is in downtown Canton, the art district. And uh, this building's big enough for me to have almost a 2,000 square foot toy shop with a tattoo shop connected to it. It you won't you'll there's going to be a doorway and it'll close off but everything will be connected. So it'll be an all in one building. It'll make it way easier on me now. It's funny. If you were to go back 
and to tell your 1995 or 1997 self that the two things that you really enjoyed at the time, which was, you know, hunting and collecting toys and tattooing was going to, you know, kind of merge into this, into this one unit store, you know, where you, you <laughs> right. have, uh, two shops that you're running. Uh, I, I think your, your 1997 self would be very impressed. You know, yeah, you're living well, the absolute dream at that point. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, I would be impressed, but uh, my 1997 self wanted to be a rock star. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we might have battled. Okay, well, there. there's still time. Yeah, right. yeah there's hope. Right. Uh, well, that, that's really cool. So, so then when did you do your first toy show? Uh, my first toy show, actually, all right, uh, we... In Northeast Ohio, we have this amazing toy group. It's called uh, um, North. Oh, it's called Neotech. So, what, what does that mean? Northeast Ohio Collectors Club. Okay. And um, every month they would have these meetups at a place called Melt, which is a grilled cheese place. And uh, you were able to set up. Uh, a little table, you know, let's say a, a, a table of four, you were able to set up toys on a table of four. So they would have about 30 people setting up in these little mini uh, toy shows. So that was my first time being back to set up at toy shows was at these uh, toy meetups every month. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, the first big one was at James's show in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And what year was that? Was that the same year I met you? I, I think that was the same year. Yes. I think that was oh, one. Wow, very cool. First. Okay. Uh, does the group still meet up? And if so, do they meet at Melt or do they meet at um, different locations? Well, uh, they, they have grown now. They have over 2,200 members. So, Oh my gosh. Wow. Last year, I want to say at the beginning of last year, they moved to BW3s uh, mm-hmm. and they had a bigger banquet room. And, uh, you know, that's where it was at up until uh, March. March was the last one. And then we actually just, um, one of the members offered up his land uh, last month and, uh, they set up like a flea market, but it was all toys. And we oh, had there was enough room wow. to, to move the tables, you know, six feet apart or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, that one, I would say there was over 50-some vendors. I didn't set up. I just went. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's the only thing, you know, I think. So there's been four this year. I don't know if they're going to do another one. I would say they might do one more before the uh, um, the weather uh, gets cold. Sure. Wow, that's, that's amazing, too. I mean, to grow to 2,200 people and to have that many people that are that passionate about collecting and and then to be able to do your own flea market at that point, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very impressive. It, it's very impressive. These guys, have uh, they've done a nice job. I don't tell them that all the time, though. Sure. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really great. So what's the name of the group again, in case anybody's interested in that area? 
It's called Neotech. So you could go to Facebook and type in N-E-O and then T-A-C-C, and it means Northeast Ohio Collector's Club. I think it's Collector's Club. Okay. Very cool. Um, wow. So, so at this point, you've been doing shows and... And you're you're tattooing, and now, uh, and you're doing the the, the Columbus Ohio shows. Um, how does how does that seed get planted to start your own toy store? Uh, I guess when you have uh, uh, two little minions sitting uh, beside you saying, "Let's open a toy store," <laughs> me and my kids, you know, and obviously, you know, yeah. It, you know, I I wanted to move the tattoo shop, so and I always wanted to be downtown because they have that whole art district and they do First Fridays. Where what First Friday is, it's it's pretty much like an art walk, and uh, you know, it's an art community, food community, and now Canton passed. It's uh, you can actually drink your beer on the streets and walk to all the exhibits. So it's kind of like uh, Austin, Texas. And so people will they'll go to different art exhibits. They'll go shopping and they'll pick up food and, and drinks and everything like that. And it's just sort of it's it's almost like a kind of huge block party. Yes, it's it's a pretty much a huge block party from, say, five o'clock until whenever bars close. But mm-hmm. uh, I only got to uh, participate in one before being shut down. Um, and, and, and it was in February and when the and, and weather's nice and warm. Yeah. When it was really nice and warm. <laughs> um, I, I, and I, I would only stay open till eight o'clock because, uh, even in tattooing, you never want to deal with drunk people. Sure. And yeah, you, and you don't want to be the, you don't want to ruin their good time, I guess. Mm-hmm. And drunk people on collectibles, don't tend to go perfectly well yeah. together either. So, it does yeah. not. <laughs> no. So okay. So then, um, so you started. You, you were, as you said, your two little minions uh, started. You know, planting that that seed into your head, and and uh, you were looking at it as a possibility. And you know, for all of us who are who are listening and and who are um, you're hearing your story, we don't. Ha- most of us don't have toy show toy shops. So mm-hmm. how? How did that come together? How did you actually make turn that into a reality? Um, well, I, you know, I, I had so much stuff um, throughout my whole house. I felt like I was living like a hoarder, but it was not that bad. But when it started to collect and stack around my walls in my bedroom, mm. I knew I needed to do something. Because I rarely sold online. I only sold in groups occasionally. Uh, And I never did eBay anymore. And I said, well, I've got all this stuff. Um, It would be great if I could find a building that, you know, the tattoo shop and the toy shop could be in or side by side. And uh, so I pursued to try to find a building. And I also started looking for glass cases. Mm hmm. And I was lucky enough to find glass cases last, um, I want to say it was October, 
no, it was August of last year. There was a uh, a pawn shop going out of business, so I got these big seventy uh, two inch wide uh, glass cases. I got five of them. What one two three? Yeah, I got five of them for a great price, and I just grabbed them and put them in my garage. So now that was where it became reality. It's like now you have the stuff to you have stuff to put your collectibles in. Now it's time to find the building. And then I found the building in October and uh, I started working on it and I didn't even open the toy shop until January 17th. So you found the building in October 2019 and opened yes. it a few months later, January 2020. Yes. Okay. And what were you looking for specifically in a building for a toy shop? Um, just square footage. I was mm-hmm. looking for at least at, at first because downtown they have these really small ones. It's about 400 square feet. So pretty much maybe that's two bedrooms, you know, of a, a common house and i was looking i said maybe i should just do a small store because i was opening to get rid of stuff and to be able to buy stuff because you know people always want to get rid of it mm-hmm. and uh, I, I looked at a few of the small ones and i said no this is not going to work i i'm going to grow out of it way too fast and i don't want the store to be cluttered I want you to have enough room to walk through if there was three people shoulder to shoulder, you know. Sure. And you can see where that comes in handy now uh, in the age of the pandemic. Right. Yes. And uh, so um, really, I looked at a building in February of 19 and funny enough, it was the same landlords I have now. They were going to rent it to me, and I said, all right, I'm going to the U.K. to visit my sister. When I come back, I'll sign the lease. But when I came back, he rented it. So it took me from, well, when I got back in March to October to find this same building, this building I'm in. Hmm. And so you, you put the money down for the building in October? Is that correct? I did. I put the money down in October. Did you have to do any work on it in between October and January in order to get it to? Yes, that's why it took so long because the person that was in it prior, it was kind of like this co-op art uh, thing, and he threw uh, shows in it. And uh, he got shut down by the city because he didn't have a permit to throw, you know, to have that many people in his building. Mm-hmm. And he destroyed this building. I mean, it was destroyed. He went in and spray painted things and uh, tore down walls, tore out. When I got in there, there was no electricity because he tore out every fixture. He just went He went insane, I guess. Sure. So from October, because when I talked to the landlords, I told them I didn't want to lose it. And I would, I would do work uh to to fix this because i was lucky enough to grow up where i was taught to to fix things and build things and and 
So, you know, I, I convinced these landlords to let me do things. So that's why it took me November, December. It took me almost three months. So did you in- install the uh, the electrical system for it? And, and you know, or were you, are you talking about more of like the actual construction, you know, the walls and... and- um, I did... I did most of the construction and walls and fixing the ceiling because one of, because there's three landlords and one does electric. Mm-hmm. And then after he was done and I built walls, then I added more electric from it. So, you know, it was his building. And he had to figure out what this guy did to it. So I told him whenever he was done figuring out, then I could, you know, do the things that I needed to do. Incredible. So what, so now, um, so January comes and, and you open the, the shop. Um, what, what has it been like, you know, to, to stand in the center of that store and know that it's all of your, you know, all, it all belongs to you and that all those, th- those pieces are pieces that you have found or that the people have brought to you. Well, um, I'm sure a lot of us have, uh, watched, uh, DuckTales and it feels <laughs> like, uh, Scrooge McDuck when he's jumping into all those, uh, pennies, you know, to swim. <laughs> sure. Sure. So what kind of stuff do you have in your, in your store? Um, well, I, so, you know, it's happy Pappy's action figure extravaganza. It's mainly action figure or nostalgia. So I would say, about 90% are action figures in the store. And, uh, you know, I have like GI Joe vintage GI Joe, you know, the, uh, with the Kung Fu grip. And then I have the three and three quarters, you know, from the eighties. And then Mm -hmm. I'll have the modern stuff that they did the 25th. And just recently I started getting distribution through a few companies. So I have the new GI Joe six inch, um, I try to do some modern. I only do certain. Obviously, my store is probably over 50% Star Wars. Because, oh, that's beautiful. Because I'm a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I do a bunch of the new Star Wars stuff. Uh, I, I do horror is a huge genre in toys, too. And so I do a lot of stuff from NECA and... Uh, Mezco. Mm-hmm. I just got uh, a license or uh, a distribution through Sideshow, so I will do those. Those are the ones that uh, are making those really nice twelve-inch uh, uh, dolls. You know mm-hmm. that look just just like the character from the movie. Yeah. Wow. But behind me, you know, with a little. Uh, um, I guess front counter, I, I have it lined with uh, vintage uh, mocks of uh, Star Wars and vin- and then the vintage collection and comic packs. And I would say when I opened, I had over 100 um, vintage uh, Star Wars mocks behind me. But now I think I'm down to about 20 to 25. Wow. And by mocks, you mean mint on cards, so mint carded, on card yeah. figures. Yeah. Yes. Um, have you have you had any special walk-ins? You know, where people have brought stuff to you already. I've had some uh, great walk-ins. Uh, 
Uh, my actually one of my first walk-ins were, was this older lady and uh, and her husband. Uh, they the local paper did an article on me, so she said, "Hey, I read this in the the newspaper, um, and these are all my uh, this is all my son's Star Wars collection." And in that uh, was a, a really nice. Uh, uh, Blue Snaggletooth and the the Cantina set, you know the the Sears exclusive. So I got the box, you know I got a box Tie Fighter. Nothing was sealed, mm-hmm. uh, so you know I, I got a bunch of nice stuff from that. And then a few weeks later, this lady came in with I want to say anywhere from eight to ten uh, Jedi uh, Menton card. Uh, figures that she just kept in her curio cabinet for 30 years oh wow uh that was probably that was one of my exciting ones um there was the jedi luke in there and all the rest were like weak way and uh squid head and stuff like that so sure. jedi luke was the the best one out of there but still to have a little old lady bring the, the stuff in and say yes i just just been in my curio cabinet i I was going to give this away for Easter or stockings and just never did. My gosh. It's so nice to to hear that too, that, you know, that people bring stuff to you, that you're not just, you know, out there hunting, but that you're a spot where people know you within the community now and that for every day, you know, it's like, it's like us, you know, opening up the, uh, the eBay app or going on to deal or no deal on Facebook. Like you never know what you're going to see. And for you to walk into that store each day, you just, you never know what's going to walk through those doors. Yeah. I, I never know. And what's really funny is back in, you know, the nineties and two thousands, I didn't want anybody to know I collected, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now I don't care, but I don't know what it was about being in that age. I just didn't want anybody to know. Or, or if I went to a show, I didn't really have any, uh, people in the community as friends i had friends that collected that i worked with or that were friends prior but i never had any collector community friends up until i would say 2014 or 15 mm-hmm. and now that you've been part of the community i know you know we've we've run into each other and have hung out at, at places like star wars celebration uh as we talked about before at some of the ohio shows um down at nashville at ICCC, yes. um, what has been um, some of your some of your favorite moments, or maybe a moment in particular that you really liked from from one of those events? Um, well, I, I really like seeing all the people that I get I get to uh, see at all those events. I might see them at all events, like I see you at almost all the events. You know, I'll mm-hmm. see you at Columbus, I'll see you at Cincinnati, and I'll see you at the ICC, and. And what's great is it's like we've been friends for 30 years and we just pick back up each time we see each other. It's true. It really is. It's like a family reunion at that point. <laughs> it is. And I can't tell you how many people I've met that I get to call long-term friends now that I don't even get to do that with my best friends from high school, you know? <clears throat> And there's something about this community, too, just about collectors and everything, where we look to be together. Um, 
I, I was telling someone recently, I, I, have a, I had a friend at work uh, who one day I was talking to him and he, and he said to me, you have no idea how lucky you are because you go to one of these shows and you know, you know, 50 people or, or you go stay at a hotel uh, for one of these meetups and, and there's like 200 other people there that that you either you know well or you at least know them enough to, to have a conversation with them. You know, and it's like, it's true. We, we kind of travel as a family reunion to all these uh-huh. different places. It is. And, and it's totally different because I remember going to celebration. Uh, I think it was three, the one in Indianapolis. I didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. I stuck to myself. I did my thing and hotel did my thing, went home. But when I went to celebration Chicago, it was, I knew so many people. Um, I remember you even asked if I wanted to eat, uh, dinner one night and I said, no, I'm going to go look at these toys. (laughs) <laughs> um that was but, such a blur, blur. <laughs> right it, it was all blur <laughs> but uh you know I, at least i knew people going to chicago and because i i learned how to open myself up and uh you know just to meet new people so as somebody who has been now selling for for a while and and you know you've had your store throughout this year um have you seen any any trends as far as uh either star wars items or or even beyond star wars items trends as far as what's been hot or or cool what is you know what is sold uh things that you maybe can't keep in the store because they're they're so popular um yeah um when I first started opening or when I first opened, what was really hot was the vintage star Wars and the, uh, eighties three and three quarter GI Joe. And then it, you know, when clone wars hit, uh, clone wars were really hot and I, I had a bunch to choose from, which was great. And, uh, you know, I had a, a lot of, uh, a, I would say over 10 collectors that would come in there weekly and sometimes daily and, and, buy two or three clone war pieces mm-hmm. and uh so those were hot and black series is really hot uh and uh ninja turtles are really hot the turtles in time the ones that i can ca- uh, carry from NECA, and uh those NECA horror figures those are really hot um, so it sounds like more of the modern stuff, you know, the, the, the current stuff has, has been really, really popular at this point. Um, the current, yes. Um, the thing is with uh, the vintage stuff, it's popular, but you know, if they've been collecting for three, four years and you don't have the rare piece they're looking for, they already got most of the stuff you have. Right. So, and it's just like, I have a guy, uh, he comes in every every Monday, and uh, he started collecting cops and crooks. And I was lucky enough to get this lot of cops and crooks the week prior, and I set him aside and I got him for you know, I, you know, I saved him for him because if he would have came in there, he doesn't always leave with anything. We have a good conversation, but uh, you know, having everything that he wants. So now it's down to lines that are more, more harder to find. I was lucky enough to, to help him finish out his line of cops and crooks. And it's nice that you're able to help out people 
as you said, with the obscure lines, and then you're also kind of reaching back into the you know the the more popular vintage lines like Star Wars, and then you're going toward the whether it's the six inch uh, GI Joe figures, the the NECA turtles, um, or the Black Series and Vintage Collection Star Wars figures that are released now. Yes, mm, very cool. Um, I, I, this was okay. So it's it's almost like a quite, uh, a catch twenty two. Um, I really love collectors and I love talking, but I really want to see those kids come in and buy things because I have a whole wall of, uh, like power of the force two and, and, um, power of the Jedi and, and, uh, episode one and, and on up. And I'll have these two or three kids that come in. They used to come in every week before I shut down and they slowly mm-hmm. just started coming back. But he would leave, they would leave with like three or four different pieces. And it was great to see these kids that were anywhere from seven to 10 years old leaving with something that's going to impact them like we've been impacted with Star Wars back when we were that age. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're saying that they're picking up uh, pieces that are from the prequels or even from Power of the Force 2. And, and probably, you know, they're not spending a ton of money on these, which is great because they're able to either play with them or collect them. And they're doing what, what we did, you know, they're, they're oh, the next generation. Yes. They are. And, um, and it's great because these kids know more about star Wars than I do, especially <laughs> the, this one kid, he knows every expanded universe character. He'll tell you about it. And, you know, when I, sometimes when I look at a clone, I can't tell you which clone it is half the time, but this kid, he can tell me which clone it is. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing. YouTube will do to a a seven year old mind. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also, you know, it's the passion behind it that they have such an interest that they're willing to sit down and kind of pour over these details, uh, which is great. You know, that's, that's what we really want uh, to pass on to the next generation. You know, that, that kind of attention to detail and, um, you know, just the value in the, in the little, the little differences and the, the little things that make something special. Um, and so we were, we were talking, uh, I guess a few nights ago and, um, and actually I guess during, during COVID when, when this happened, but, um, you had related a story to me that when COVID hit, you had to make some, some kind of bigger decisions, right. Um, as far as your, your inventory and, and kind of the direction in which you were going to go. Um, and if you could share some of that, I think that's, that's really important for people to hear. Yeah. So, you know, on the day that, uh, my, my store wasn't uh, closed down first. So actually the last tattoo I did was on our anniversary, which is, uh, uh, March 17th. And, uh, so I did my last tattoo, and I knew at 6 o'clock we had to close our doors. And, and then, so I, I went the next day to the toy shop, because what I was doing is I was going to the toy shop from 10 a.m. to 3, and then from 3 until 7 or 8, then I was tattooing. I was doing that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to the toy shop, and then a week went uh, or not even a week went by like four days went by and then nobody was coming in i said all right 
they're, they're going to close us all down and I got to figure out what to do. So, you know, I decided to close the doors and I sat around with my uh, family for the first uh, week. And uh, so then after that, I said, okay, I've got two businesses now that I uh, that I pay rent. Um, What am I going to do? So I talked to a buddy of mine and uh, I. uh, I took a job fixing apartments, cleaning and fixing apartments. And the reason why I did that is I wanted to make sure the rents were paid and then the people that worked for me were taken care of because when you're a 1099 employee, that doesn't mean, you know, we would get um, workman's comp or anything else. So I wanted to make sure that the people that work for me and, and work as hard as I do that they were taken care of. It's amazing. And that's so, that's so important and so special. And I, and I think it probably increases the bond between you all as well. Uh, sometimes (laughs) actually, it, it, no, for real, it does. Uh, we, we love to banter and, uh, and make fun of each other. And, but, uh, we, we do have a strong bond together. I've worked with, uh, Two of the people now since uh, 2011, so that's going on. That's nine years, and then the other two—they're they're fresh. They've been around for about a year now. Mm-hmm. But I just uh, I just couldn't fathom, you know, anybody struggling because I'd always reach out and make sure that they had their groceries or. Or whatever to you know so, uh, and so now now your store is open. Now my now both are open, um, you know, with guidelines. Um, my my the toy store is open, and um, it was uh, it was really well when uh, I was first able to open. I, I think I was able to open in June, maybe even end of May. I can't remember. I think it was end of May. Um, and it was really well. And then, uh, some other things happened, uh, throughout the world. And, uh, we started having, uh, people march in our downtown area. So it kind of made it slow again, but it's all kind of, uh, petered out a little bit and it's going back to normal. And, uh, you know, I get to see my regulars and, and new people that, you know, stumble upon being there because I don't even have a sign. I, I had, I had a nice, uh, knockoff, uh, um, like Vader or no Luke and Leia painted on my door. But in the mm-hmm. first month I was open, someone smashed out my window just to try to get my cash register, which I didn't have a cash register at the time. Oh, wow. And that's all they were going for. Um, I had that problem and then all I have is a vinyl sticker right now mm-hmm. and uh, pretty soon I'll have uh, a neon and uh, sandwich boards very cool oh, I can't believe like you know just I know you and I have talked over the years and uh, and then you know within that last year or so talking about it and kind of you know hearing about it and and actually you know seeing it come to fruition uh, even during this time has been such a blessing and um, 
I'm, I'm so happy for you, man. I, I think th- there's something so special about it. And, you know, the more that we reach out, whether it's in the community or, you know, in, in our collecting community as well, too. But as you said, reaching out to that, that younger generation, I mean, that's what's going to keep this this collecting hobby of ours thriving. So, and, and you're, you're playing a big part of that. It is. And I'm that, I think that's one of the reasons why, because right now the kids don't have a toy store, which most kids are not into toys anymore. It's mainly electronics and mm-hmm. iPads and whatnot, but you don't have a toy store. You have a toy section, but you don't have a toy store in the United States mm-hmm. other than uh, mom and pop, you know, sure. Now, which is kind of good, you know. Uh, I think it uh, it just kind of brings it back to uh, the roots of a community of having someone owning a brick and mortar, and it's not a huge corporation. Yeah, and I mean something like even you know for us growing up, uh, Toys R Us was was great, but it wasn't really a hangout. It was a place where you would go in and you would buy your toys, and. To me, this your your toy store, um, Happy Pappies, is is closer to what you were saying before about a record store, um, you know, or or it's you know this this sort of mom and pop place where you can go in and maybe you don't buy anything, but you just you sit and have a conversation about you know the upcoming you know vintage collection items or uh, about you know Return of the Jedi mint on card figures that that walked in a while ago and and certain variations and stuff like that. So that's. I think that's even more special than in any sort of retail store. It is for sure. And, and to uh, just a few days ago, which was awesome. I never expected this to walk into my uh, door. A, uh, an instruction sheet from uh, a Lily Letty uh, TIE fighter walked in the door. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> you don't see that every day? <laughs> no, you don't. And, and, and I've known this collector for years, and I knew that he collected um variants and everything but i never figured that a lily letty uh instruction sheet would walk in the door that's very nice wow well my friend it has been so wonderful talking to you and i'm so thrilled to see uh you know your shop thriving uh to see that you've been able to to carry out these dreams you know a lot of which we, we all share um and uh you know, I, I hope to uh, to be in the Canton area at some point uh, in, the, in the near future and, and to come visit you as well. Uh, if people were looking for certain items or if people have collections that they're willing to, you know, that they're looking to, to sell, um, you know, or they just want to get in touch with you uh, to inquire about a piece or just to get to know you, what's, what's the best way to do that? Um, I would say either if you're on Facebook, you just go to Facebook.com slash happy pappy's action figure or if you're on instagram you go to you know the at symbol and happy pappy's action figure and and that can take you to the website or it's got the phone number it's got the address all all of that has that and um you know message me i i'm always willing to give my regular number out to people too um just to uh talk about uh, what they're looking for or what they have to get rid of or even just to have a good conversation about toys or, or whatever. Okay. Very cool. And, and for anyone listening, uh, Clifton 
as a Colm Cad Bane, he is a silent assassin within <laughs> our hobby in, in a very good way where you have this ability, you have patience, which a number of collectors don't, right? We've yeah, seen it with yeah. a lot of collectors. Um, and, and you have the ability where you research stuff and, and you locate and find all of these really cool items. Uh, and you always have great stuff. Um, so again, if, any, if anyone's looking for anything, contact Cad Bane. He's, he's, a, he's an awesome guy and, uh, and uh, he's a great friend. I really appreciate that, David. I, I, that's always been me. I like to I step back in, in the, uh, the background and just kind of figure it all out. Yeah, you do a really good job too, and I think you know even you know we've talked about your your collection and and especially into you know prototypes and modern stuff, and um, you were someone who from the beginning was not willing to just pick up anything that that you saw, um, and and I I give you a lot of credit for that because I think that's something that we do initially. You know, we spend a lot and we we buy these pieces here and there, and then we kind of use that to figure out and to whittle down what we like. And, and you just came at it from a very kind of clear perspective of what you were looking for. Um, the certain types of prototypes that you were looking for and, uh, and you stuck to that. And, and as a result, I mean, your collection is, is really top notch. It's great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I've always been that way. I was kind of like in the very beginning of collecting, um, it took me a lot to get past like oh there's a bubble ding or oh there's a little minor tear or whatever i always wanted everything pristine and then after i got surpassed that which obviously everybody wants something very clean in their collection you always Mm -hmm. want to find the best of the best but you know i recommend you you get the piece and then you can upgrade or whatever so you just sit back and watch or you know you just you wait for months two months three months five months and then you're going to get what you want it's just going to take time and uh, persistence yeah and sometimes it takes years but when you find that right piece it's totally worth the wait yeah yes and and that's that's totally it everything's worth the wait um i see it more in modern collectors now where Mm -hmm. um they can't wait for something that released or that hit the shelves and uh, and they're all up in arms and, you know, like, oh, I can't believe this thing's being scalped this much and yada, 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 or these paint apps are awful. And it's, if you're going to put that much into it, I feel you're collecting for the wrong reasons, because if you're paying $20 for this great figure that they made, just enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what it is with toys, right? Right. Just enjoy it. Don't don't get frustrated. There's so many other things in life that can frustrate <laughs> you, and you know. Yeah, this is this is our escape. You know, this is this is our, our hobby, our Zen garden, our area yeah. of enjoyment. So it is. Uh, th- this is where we just uh, we just enjoy, laugh, and uh, and also we. Uh, yeah, it's just our, uh, like you said, our Zen garden. That's it. Cool. All right. Well, Clifton, it was wonderful talking to you. I love you like a brother. You're you're, you're such an awesome guy, and uh, I, I really look forward to the next time we are in the same room together and uh, and are able to to uh, hunt toys, whether it's in Ohio and beyond. So, 
Yes, David. I, I really appreciate you having me, and uh, I love you like a brother. Thank you very much, and I'll get to see you and everybody else real soon. I'm excited.